This is the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you want to be inspired, encouraged, uplifted and captivated by the stories of others who have been brave enough to vocalise their dreams and then do the work to achieve them. I'm your host, Laura Cruz, a coach and fellow dreamer who has made her dreams come true and can help you to do the same. Listen each week as I share with you tales of dreams achieved both by my guests and me. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Search for Laura Cruz Coaching. Enjoy the episode. So I'm absolutely thrilled today to introduce you to my guest, the fabulous Gemma Dix, who runs the Little Beauty Company, um, very local to me, actually. Um, she offers holistic treatments and really looks after the well-being of your body, mind and soul. So welcome, Gemma. Lovely to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me here. Lovely to be here. So I met Gemma last year sometime. She actually did my nails. And uh, although we had lots of mutual friends, we'd never actually met. So she did my nails and we connected straight away. I could see we were very similar in our kind of outlooks on life. And since then, um, I've uh, I've been to her for more treatments when we were allowed to, obviously, COVID uh, dependent. And um, I, actually, I absolutely love her energy and her positivity and her ability to really connect with people's souls. So I think this is going to be a great episode and uh, I can't wait to get started. So Gemma, tell us a bit about you. I think we, t- we talked about what this podcast would oh, be called. Thank you, my love. And we said we call the podcast Never Giving Up. So tell us a bit about you. Yes, I think Never Giving Up is the best way to describe it. Uh, and that is me. I don't ever give up. I think from a very young child, it was apparent to everybody that knew me that you could kick this girl, you could put her down, you can put her in a box, but she will get out. She was never going to stay in the corner. And that's that's what I am still doing, um, still obviously adapting with COVID. So obviously my treatments are very hands-on. Um, I've had to adapt to that. I'm still adapting to it. But I think, yeah, A, never give up. And B, just always keep changing, keep evolving, keep compromising, keep doing what you need to do to keep being you. So um, I think... Is it best to start where I came from? How I got yeah, here? Yeah, tell us, tell us a bit about you, Gemma. I think probably the most surprising thing for lots of people is when I say I used to be a corporate banker. They go, what? So, yeah, I had high levels of stress in my life, pre-children. Um, so much so that actually when I was 21, I had what can only be described as a mild breakdown. Um, because my stress levels were literally too high and I was not looking after my body. I was working too hard, not feeding myself properly, not drinking properly, not exercising properly and just generally not being kind to myself. So I had probably about three or four months off of work uh, where I literally couldn't function. I actually moved back home with my mum and dad and became like a child again. It was the worst thing that happened and the best thing that happened to me because it allowed me to revisit my soul. And it allowed me to really look at who I was and who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. And I think had I not had that real grind to a halt in my life, I might not be where I am today. 
So going back a step further than that, back to when I was 15, 16 years old, I was very interested in psychology, always interested in why somebody would do something and somebody else would do something completely different in the same situation. So I was forever trying to psychoanalyze everybody and everything. You can imagine I was a really annoying teenager. Uh, but I wanted to know everything about how did that work. So I could often be found in my bedroom reading magazines on serial killers. It sounds very strange, I know. Um, but I wanted to understand how somebody could come from love, born into a loving family, really have no different an upbringing to you or I, how they could then go on to commit some, something so awful. So I used to try and get myself into the mindset of a serial killer. Well, of course, if you've got a, a natural, considered ordinary brain and you're not a serial killer, you can't actually get yourself into the mindset of a serial killer because you're not a serial killer. But I wanted to try and understand what made people tick. So I was planning on going off to university to do psychology and criminology. Um, right at the last knockings, I think I was going to be the first in my family to go. And right at the last knockings, I decided this is not for me. Well, you can imagine my parents' disappointment. They were so excited to tell the world that their daughter was going off to university and then she wasn't. So they sort of said to me, fine, if you're not going, you need to get yourself a good job. If you get yourself a good job, we won't enforce that you go off to university in the nicest possible way. So I was flicking through the paper, as you do, and there were a couple of advertisements for banking roles. said to my parents, is this a good job? Of course, my uh, middle-class parents were like, yes, become a banker. That's a good job. So that's what I did. Uh, so there was never a dream to be a banker. It never even entered my head that I wanted to be a banker. I was absolutely useless with numbers. I failed my GCSE maths twice. Uh, it was never on my agenda, but it was in the paper and it was just the right timing and it happened. So I got the job. Um, I was very ambitious. So I never just wanted to settle just for a, a simple job. I wanted to progress and keep continuing to progress. So that's what I did. So by the time I was 21, I was a business manager. Um, and then by the time I was 23, I was a corporate director. So I was hungry. I was really hungry. To my detriment, actually, because that's probably why I had a breakdown when I was 21. But even after that, I got back up and said, no, I'm, I'm still hungry. I'm still going to progress. I still want more. So I did it. And then my beautiful daughter was born in 2008. And a little bit like when I was 21, when I had my breakdown, it was a complete life changer for me so I was unwell she was unwell it was all very touch and go and I remember like it was yesterday sitting on the hospital bed and saying to my husband I think I've just realized what life's about I was 29 years old and at that very moment <clears throat> I realized that I've been working so hard and money for me up until that point was a motivator I was hungry for more of it. And I had my baby and two days after she was born, I said to my husband, I've been saving for a rainy day and now it's pouring and there is nothing that I can do about it. I would give the doctor the pair of pants that I was wearing to have held my baby, but it was not at that moment, it wasn't enough. There was nothing I could do. So I had to put my faith in love, in hope, in our future and we were very lucky it came good 
Uh, but I said to my afterwards, I said to my husband, we need to bottle this emotion so that when we think we're having a bad day, we can come back and just sniff this scent and know that we are not having a bad day. We've had a bad day and we got through it. And if we can get through this, then actually we can get through anything. So that is my motivator on days. And don't get me wrong, the black dog does still chase me. So sometimes I do feel like I need to just take a bit of time, draw the curtains, have a breather. I take those moments, but then I sniff that scent and I remind myself that yesterday is a bad day, but I've had worse and I can do worse still. So I'm going to rest today, but tomorrow I'm going to get back to it and I'm going to start throwing out some positivity again. So I think that for me has just highlighted that I think our paths are already mapped for us. Right. I think there are turns in the road. Sometimes we go down the wrong road. For me, maybe banking was the wrong road or maybe it was what I needed to make me grow, make me realise that actually we all need money. Of course we do. We need to pay our bills, but it is not the be all and end all. It's not even essential. It's just a part of what we need to make us grow. But actually what is inside of your soul and your heart and love especially is far more important. Wow. God, that's so powerful, Gemma. And I can see from when you're talking, you know, kind of how emotional that is. I love that. Well, there's a couple of things you said there about, you know, saving for a rainy day and, and, you know, it's pouring. But I think I like that kind of analogy of like sniffing the scent of what, you know, when things come yep. good is, uh, and it reminds me of that, um, the little rolly thing you gave me when I came and had my nails done to uh, the, the little, the little rolly. Uh, um, um, uplifting, I think, wasn't it? Mood uplifting. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So you can just kind of roll that on your pulse points and uh, help yourself to feel more positive. Amazing. So did you, so after you had that, you know, experience, your traumatic experience when you had your daughter and, you know, things were very difficult, what happened then? You know, what was your dream? If you were kind of walk away from banking, what what was your dream? Well, I think my dream probably started, well, it, it obviously started when I was about 16 in my, in my bedroom reading about becoming a serial killer. I suppose it was one way or the other. I was going to either help the serial killer or become a serial killer. So I think helping was probably the better option. <laughs> so I think that's where it all probably started, but without me even realising it. And then obviously I fell into the banking. Then I had the breakdown. I think that is where the, the dream really started because... I remember after I started to feel better thinking, I don't want to ever look into the whites of somebody's eyes and feel the pain that I'm feeling right now. Because you can see it, can't you? You can see somebody's emotion. The eyes are the window to the soul, definitely. And so at that moment, I knew I wanted to do more. I wanted to get the stigma to depression and anxiety and mental health issues. I wanted to have that reduced. Um, and I just generally wanted people to feel if they were in that situation or felt the way that I did at that point or worse I wanted them to know that I would help them I wanted them to know that I would not leave until they felt better so I think that's where it actually started and then having Gracie sort of reignited everything and it gave me the time to say okay now you can do this now you can focus on helping others sharing where you've been sharing how you felt and sharing how to bring yourself from that place of darkness into the most amazing light that I have with me now and sharing that. So did you know how you were going to do that then? 
Did you know how you were going to be able to help people in that way? Not at that no, not at that moment. At that moment, I just knew I wanted to, but I didn't right. know what I could do to help. Um, and I don't, I don't think that probably I was emotionally ready to either, to be fair. It was, it was quite a long road that I needed to travel before I could obviously start helping other people along the path. Um, and actually, this is why I'm a great believer that things just happen. And I really do honestly believe that our path is already mapped because for me, this all happened very suddenly and overnight and I have a friend that owns a beauty salon she does um permanent makeup and various skin treatments and she's beautiful and I was in with another friend who was getting her eyebrows done and a long story short anyway I was sort of press ganged into starting my own nail business which is of course how we met um and I say press ganged very loosely and very gently, but I was just press ganged into it and going, go on, just do it, just do it. So I was like, okay, that, yeah, let's just do it. So I, that's how I started. And I then got into the holistic side of things with my Hopi ear treatments. And again, that was just very spontaneous. So not really expected because I, I trained to do Hopi ear candling for my grandma. Um, and I only really did it for my grandma. And I'd occasionally do it for my husband because he's a carpenter. And so you can imagine he gets all sorts of beasts in his ears. So it was only really ever done as a gift for family. And then my grandma passed away and my mum sent me all the Hopi ear candles that I'd left at my grandma's and said, what do you want us to do with these? And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just add it on to my treatments. If anybody wants to have their ears done and their ears done, sorry, their nails done and their ears done at the same time, then I can do it. Not really expecting anything from it, if I'm completely honest. I thought maybe I'd do one ear a month at best. Uh, And obviously when I was allowed to treat, I was probably doing within probably two months I was seeing probably five or six people a day for their ears and maybe one or two people a month for their nails. So I think my passion for Hope Ear Candling very quickly took over. Not saying I don't have passion for nails because I enjoy doing it because I love speaking to people, but my passion for the holistic side of things was obviously apparent very quickly. And so that's how that took off. And then I've just kept expanding. We've had a lot more time on our hands um, with lockdown. So I've just continued learning, continued doing more, added obviously the Reiki into it. The Reiki treatment with with the Hope Ear Candling is just amazing. I'm here, you're here, so we might as well do it. Um, Yeah, so it's just sort of stretched on from there, really. Amazing. So what what do you get from it, Gemma? So by kind of fulfilling your dream and... And, you know, being able to work with people and helping them, that's amazing for them. But what do you as an individual get from it? Oh, my God, there is a Buddhist quote and I use it all the time. And I'm probably not going to get it right now because I'm a little bit goofy and I use it all the time. But here goes. It is, if you light the path for others, you also light the path for yourself. Gives me goosebumps every time I say it, literally, from my head down to my toes. But it is so true you cannot I honestly believe you cannot be truly happy unless you are helping others so whatever that means it might be giving an hour of your time to go in and read at a school or um, work at a charity shop or spend your whole day doing something that gives something back but I honestly truly believe that if you are not helping others you will never ever reach a complete 
place of contentment and happiness. So yeah, light the path for others and you'll also light the path for yourself. So to see somebody come into my treatment room and to see sadness or darkness or even just a lack of emotion in their eyes within 45 minutes of a treatment, I'm not saying you you skip out of here clipping your ankles as you leave, but I immediately will see just a little glimmer of hope back in, in some of my clients' eyes from darkness to a glimmer. I'll take that. I will absolutely take that in 45 minutes. Wow. Really super interesting, actually, because I've been reading um, Jay Shetty's book, um, Think yeah. Like a Monk, and yeah. uh, I just finished it a couple of days ago. And the final thing he says about kind of thinking or living, I can't remember if it's called think or live like a monk, but the final thing he says to serve, and he said, I've written this whole book and I've kind of kept it secret, but actually the kind of the true path to um, to feeling at your best and to feel really happy and fulfilled in yourself is to serve others. And I thought, well, that's so powerful because I feel the same as you. I think if you can, if you have the capacity you have it in you to help others. If you do, that gives you more. It gives them something, but I think it almost gives you more. Definitely, 100%. And that's the power of Reiki, actually, um, where I get as much, if not more, back from the clients afterwards than they do. Because lots of clients, bless them, they're, they're very aware of of how they're feeling and don't want to obviously put that upon you and, and very often afterwards client, clients will say to me look I feel so much better thank you so much but I feel bad for you and I say please don't feel bad for me because I feel better like this surge of energy that you now feel I've got it with me too also and even if that surge of energy that we've moved around at points has been really negative I don't hold on to that negativity that goes that that leaves with the sage before and after the room or as the client leaves it sort of disperses into the air the the negative energy doesn't stay with me but any positive energy that is moved around does stay with me so I just get more and more positive as the day goes on um and my poor husband then has to sort of bring me down as I go back through the door because obviously I work about five steps from my back door so he has to just go rain in Gemma calm yourself down <laughs> I think and I think there is something really magical about the space that you work in because obviously Jamie built it for you in the garden he, well, he built it for himself and now you've he you built commandeered it, you it. Didn't actually build it for me yeah he, he built it and now you've got it but it is such a beautiful um calming space and I know from when I came in and had the um the ear treatment and then had a bit of Reiki um I just kind of came out feeling no this there's definitely something about spending some time where you can completely focus on yourself. But I, I feel there's a kind of a real, as you said, there's like a surge of energy being in that space with you. Thank so, you. It is a beautiful space and I get lots of compliments about it. And yeah, I'd like to say my husband built it with love for me, but it would be lying. He built it with love for himself and then got evicted. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, ho, the positive energy is still in here. <laughs> Absolutely. So on this this kind of journey to, um, you know, to kind of, I guess, living the life and doing the things that you've always wanted to do, has it always been easy? Life is not easy, is it? No. So the answer to that is, is absolutely not. No, it has, hasn't always been easy. Has it ever been easy? I, I guess it depends how you look at life. Um, I think whatever you do, uh, whatever sort of mindset you have, 
life is only as easy as you make it. So if I was to tell myself every morning, today is going to be really difficult and I'm not going to be able to do this and I'm not going to be able to do that, there's a very good chance that, that all of that will happen. But I choose not to. Yeah, I choose to start my day every day with positivity. I do meditation for 10 minutes before I even get out of my bed. Um, and then I have a little bit of Reiki to myself in my treatment room before I see my first client. So I choose to start my day off the way I want it to go. Um, and nine times out of 10, my day ends the way I planned it to. Mm. Fascinating, isn't it? It's that power of your mind, your mindset. And, uh, you know, because if you wake up and you go, today is going to be a terrible day. Well, it probably will be. Tell yourself you can't do it, then you won't do it. Definitely. So what do you think is your your kind of biggest learning over this kind of part two, this second phase of your life? I think my biggest learning is to just keep adapting. Um, you know, life is just full of challenges. It's full of change and you have to learn them and change what you can change if it needs changing. If it doesn't need changing and it's not broken, stay with it. But if something needs changing, then be be brave, be bold and change it. And it's obviously really difficult when you think, you know, you're doing a corporate job, earning a corporate salary with bonuses that go with it. To pull yourself away from that feels at the time like quite a big risk. But I would say to anybody that's feeling unfulfilled and like they could do more and want to do more, take that leap because you will not fail. What might happen is you might decide, actually, it wasn't for me. Okay, then you can go back. That corporate job will still be waiting for you if you want it, if it doesn't work out. But I'm pretty sure that you will feel like me and say, so glad I did that. It was the best thing that I could have done for me, for my family, for everybody else, because I now do a job that I truly love. I hope you can feel my passion. I truly love what I do. I didn't truly love what I did. I, I didn't hate it either. I was quite happy going to work because I was meeting and talking to people and it was absolutely fine. Um, but fine isn't enough. We're only here once. It has to be so much more than fine. You have to skip out of your door to work. You have to truly love what you're doing. You I ask myself a question and tell my clients to do the same. If somebody called you in the middle of the night and said, oh, look, imagine you're doing banking. Oh, I need a loan of 20 million pounds. Can you do it for me in the middle of the night? No, I can't leave it till tomorrow. But if somebody phoned me in the middle of the night and said, Gemma, I'm really struggling. I really could do with a chat and some Reiki. How do you feel about it? I'd say, get yourself around here. Let's do this out mm -hmm. of the bed, clothes on. And anybody that knows me knows that I love my sleep, but I would jump out of my bed and I would be happy to do it. If you've got a job that you feel that sense of passion and you love what you do, then you're absolutely winning at life. Wow. Amazing. I definitely, I, I just know that people will be able to hear your passion when you talk about what you do. So before we finish, if there was one piece of advice you could give the listeners, you know, if there was something, if they were thinking, oh, well, I'd like to, you know, maybe make a shift from corporate or I'd like to set up a beauty business or I'd like to, you know, serve people more. If there was kind of one piece of advice that you could give I would say if you found your passion, whatever it is, do not give up. 
don't ever give up don't let anybody tell you oh well I don't think you should do that or really you know there's loads of people doing that what sets you apart you is what sets you apart you there's only one you if you have a passion to do something never give up never let somebody else tell you that you're not right for it or it's not good for you or it's not the right thing to do if you have a passion for something and you feel it go for it never give up brilliant thank you so much so Gemma if if somebody's listening and they think, uh, you know, geographically, they might like to uh, to come and visit your amazing little um, space in the garden. How would they find you? So you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, the little beauty company, Amptil. Uh, at the moment, obviously, you can't come to my beautiful little haven, I'm afraid. Um, but we can do plenty of stuff online or on Skype, Zoom, whatever needs be. So, yeah, if you just feel like you need just a little pick me up or a little booster. Yeah, make make contact with me. I would love to hear from you. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time, Gemma. I've loved talking to you and uh, listeners. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation, too. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. Don't forget to come and find me on social media to see if I can help you to pursue your own dreams. See you next time, my fellow dreamer.